Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we probably are going to have a baptism service very soon. Um, I'm going to be talking to the lady in the next couple of weeks, so we probably may have a baptism service lined up. So if you've never been baptized um, and uh, you are a follower of Jesus, uh, it would be great to baptize you that morning as well. Anyway, I just put that in. In the name of the Father and the Son, teaching them, and this is a big word, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I struggle with this teaching I've commanded you because I tend not to do everything Jesus tells me to do. I struggle in that area. I can take, I can take the salvation, but that's great knowing that I'm saved, but then following him and obeying everything that he says, I struggle with it. I don't know about you, but I, 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 I struggle with it. Um, and the, the only comfort you get is the last words. And I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus didn't say go and make converts. He says go and make disciples. So I'm going to ask these three questions over the next couple of weeks. And if you already know the answer in, come and give me the answers. And then that's two sermons already saved up and we won't have to go through. The three, the three questions is this. How do you make a disciple? What's the best way? What did Jesus teach us about following him? I mean, is Jesus relevant for this day and age? I mean, did Jesus talk about money? I think he talked about money, didn't he? Did he talk about heaven? Did he talk about hell? Did he talk about sex? And the answer is yes. Talked about adultery, didn't he? Talked about faithfulness. In other words, I believe you can follow Jesus because Jesus in the Bible talks about every subject that we'll come across. <coughs> so that's the comfort that I get is that there's not a topic, even in this day of age in which we live, which is a challenging age. Seriously, it's a challenging age in the whole of our sexuality and the whole of uh, our movement with children and all that's going on in our world. I still believe that Jesus is the answer. And I still believe that we'll find all that we need by following the teachings of Jesus. That's my personal opinion. But anyway, but let's go on and first of all, find out a definition of what a disciple is. What is a disciple, Julie? Well, see if you agree with me here. A disciple is an active and intentional learner. I'm not talking about you following Jesus. I'm talking about disciple in any sense of the word. I believe a disciple is an active, intentional learner. I believe a disciple is a, someone who practices... And it's not just someone who is someone who practices what the person that they are following. That's what I believe a disciple is. Someone who not just says, I follow Sunderland Football Club, but someone who actually goes and follows them. And I spent, and you know how poor I am, <laughs> I spent £7 yesterday evening, Monday. £7 oh. to watch Sunderland play... Uh, right, out in the Algier, Algier, is it Algier? Portugal. Oh, oh, no, even her. So I went, and, and I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there down there, I was washing up, and I'm thinking that everything's in its place. So, and suddenly the lights go out. 
seven pound fifty is gone. They wait forty minutes, Mandy. They wait forty minutes, and then they declare that the match is postponed. And then guess what happens as they switching the program off? The lights came on. But there's my seven pound fifty gone. I'm never going to see it again. That's what happens when you become a follower of sermon. In other words, I'm not someone who just says I follow sermon. I'm someone who actively gets involved. Because I think that's what a disciple is. I believe also a disciple is a follower of a particular teacher. You can follow everyone. But a disciple is someone who's actually someone who knows and wants to grow and live with the person that they are following. And finally, 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 this is just introduction. A disciple is an apprentice. I believe a disciple is an apprentice. It's someone who's learning who to follow and trying to put it into place. The big question is, and how long will it take me to be a follower of Jesus? How long will it take me? Yakov Simonov. When he first came to the United States from Russia, wasn't prepared for the incredible variety of instant products that were available in this American grocery store. He'd come over as a, a migrant. He came over and they said to him, we'll take you to go grocery shopping in the mall. And so this Russian guy comes. And he says, on my first fishing, fishing, on my first shopping trip, I saw powdered milk. It said, just add water, you will get milk. He said, wow, is that true? And he said, yes. And he said, I went further down the line and he saw, I saw powdered orange juice. You just add water and you get orange juice. He says, is that true? And they said, yes, just add water, you get orange juice. He went, wow! And then he said, I went to the next aisle and it said, I saw baby powder. And I thought to myself, what a country! (laughs) But I don't believe, you see, discipleship is like that. I don't believe we just have to add water and it instantly happens. I believe we need to add the Holy Spirit. But I don't believe becoming a follower of Jesus instantly happens. I believe your salvation does. I believe the moment you ask Jesus into your life, you are born again. You then become a follower of Jesus. Uh, But there is a verse in the Bible that tells me that he that's begun a good work in you has to continue carrying it out until the day that Jesus comes again or death. So to me, it's a process. My salvation is instant. My sanctification is a process. Jesus wants to work out in my life daily, daily, till I become a true follower of Jesus. Because I don't know about you, but I still struggle with things in my life that I struggled with 10 years ago, 15 years ago. If this instant bit was true, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it? If suddenly you came to know Jesus and everything in your life, Michael, was wonderful and Betty beside you was wonderful, wouldn't it be great that everything is just works out just by adding something? But you know yourself. 
You can struggle with things in your life. And then suddenly Jesus comes along and takes it away. Isn't he? But he doesn't take everything away instantly. And I believe there's a reason. And it's because he says, I want to make disciples. I want to take this nice and slowly, Mary. I want to, now you're following me, I want you to learn all the things that I've taught the disciples in all these areas. And listen, if I give you it all at once, you, you won't be able to take it in. So I want to do a program of process. And I believe disciple-making church is more than a community trained to reach out to a mission. I believe it's a people trained to live for Jesus. I believe if we are trained to live for Jesus, the rest will fall into place. I truly do believe that. You know, we talk about mission, but mission starts with me being trained to follow Jesus and to do what Jesus has said. And did you notice I used the word trained? Because some people think the moment they become saved, they've now got to have John 3.16 underneath their arm and grab every person that walks past or they bump into. We have this, I don't know what it is, but, you know, I became saved when I was a, a, um, a young guy. And I made a big mistake because my mum was in the meeting. And then my mum came home and my sister, well, she was going out with this big guy. He liked these few ales and he was just a big northern man, a real northern guy. And when I got into the house, I'm 16, I think, and uh, my mum grabs a hold of me and says, uh, Charlie, that was his name, Edward's got something to tell you. Uh, and I said, what? I've got nothing to say. She says, Edward's got something to tell you about what's happened tonight. And I just said, I took Jesus as my saviour. And I was out of that room. I went from my bedroom from the sitting room within 0.2 seconds. I was not ready. I wasn't ready. But my mum thought, that's it, Edward. Get out in the street. Get out in the streets. Get out in the streets and tell everyone about Jesus. Do you know that can be the one... That can be one of the worst things that can happen to you. Seriously. Now, I know there are some people, you know, there are some people who are so exuberant, we can really give it this, you know, Ali, and I'm sorry, I mean, we can really give it this and go out there and tell everyone they meet about Jesus instantly. But for some of us, some of us, we need to be trained. Because we are not all equipped to do what everybody else is to do. Mandy's equipped to do certain things, but not equipped to do certain things. And we need to find out. And for instance, my name is Bond. James Bond. But James Bond never goes on a mission until he has been briefed, trained, resourced, and supported. Did you know that? And we know he's a male chauvinist. And he's not an example to follow. I'm not asking you to follow Bond. Seriously. But James Bond is briefed. He's trained. He's resourced. And he's supported. For the work which he has to do. And I believe we, as pastors and leadership, should be helping you people to be trained, to be briefed, to be resourced and supported to become a follower of Jesus the way that Jesus wants you to be a follower of him. And it may be you have the confidence to evangelize in ways. But you know, there may be other ways in which Jesus wants you to tell about the good news. 
I want to read the story. We just got into the introduction, but I just want to read this story. Because I'm reading a book at the moment called Divine Appointments. Divine Appointments. And for some of us, we think the moment we come to know Jesus, we've really got to go out there and give it to the people. Seriously, Jesus just wants us to live our lives. And I wake up each morning and just say, God, if you want to do anything for me in this day, if you want to give me a divine appointment, give me a divine appointment. But I don't go around searching and looking in the bushes, in the superstore, on the bus, or anything like this. I allow God to work out what God wants to work out. Because I came from the Brethren Church, and basically, you're born again now. Get out there and, you know, tell all the people about Jesus making converts. And Jesus said, no, go out there and make disciples. And so, this little book tells us of some people who went out there and just took every day as a normal working day, but saying to God, listen, I want to follow you, Jesus. If there's a divine appointment, please. Now, this is an old book. This is as old as Simon. So you know how old this book is. But anyway, his name is Patrick Lowry. Patrick Lowry was a friend of mine who made his living painting and repairing houses. One day, as he was working on a house in the Beverly Hills area... He noticed a young woman who seemed to be having car trouble. She asked, oh sorry, she asked if he could help her. And Patrick climbed down from his ladder, lifted the bonnet of her very flashy sports car, tinkered with the battery until he was able to get the car started. The young woman, grateful for his assistance, asked if she could give him some money. Or she says, perhaps I could take you out for lunch. Well, Patrick thought, I wonder, Father, is this a divine appointment? So I'm not going to take the money, I'm going to go for lunch. And so they drove off to this restaurant. Patrick turned to the woman. She was wearing some rather plain clothes, but she had so many rings and bracelets and necklaces on her, that, and the car she was driving, Patrick thought, well, she must, she must have some considerable wealth, so she'll be able to pay for lunch. <laughs> so he said, my name is Patrick. He smiled. I'm Patrick Lowry. What's your name? The young lady glanced at him curiously. Are you kidding me? She asked. No, my real name is Patrick Lowry, he replied. She says, I didn't mean that. Are you telling me you don't recognise me? Don't you know who I am? Patrick was beginning to feel a bit awkward. Should he recognise this young woman seated next to him? He fanatically searched in his brain, was she a Hollywood movie star? Was she a big television series? He just couldn't place her. No, I'm very sorry, he said, I don't know who you are. She says, I'm Madonna, she replied. And then she laughed. Oh, said Patrick, Madonna who? (laughs) Well, Patrick was so out of touch with the rock music scene, he realised she was driving a posh car, but he didn't know who Madonna was. But through the lunch, he started to tell Madonna about his life story. And then he said to her, if you have some spare time, would you like to read this? You see, she didn't seem too interested at the time, but we don't know what happened to that story. But Patrick said, all I knew was this, I was painting away. And gradually God gave me a divine appointment 
And I believe following Jesus is like that. I believe if we sincerely follow Jesus and allow him to work in our lives and don't fret and don't be pressing panic buttons, I believe you'll see your life will work out very, very much more comfortable than having to think that we are what we're not. You see, the Apostle Paul was one of the most learned men in history. He had a degree in the Old Testament. He was a very knowledgeable man. And yet the moment he came into salvation, Jesus didn't say, well, you've got this all together, Paul. After all, if you've got your degree, there's no one more highly educated in the Old Testament than you are. And I've got a job for you to do. What God says, go and spend three years in the desert. Why? Because I want to brief you. I want to train you. I want to equip you. And I want to support you. I find it interesting that one of the most learned men was told to go out in the desert and for three years do nothing but get trained by Jesus for a mission which I believe he was very accomplished at because Paul could certainly speak he certainly wasn't frightened of anybody <laughs> you see I believe God has a plan for your life I am serious I believe God's got a plan and a purpose for your life but some of us are tracking our own destinations because of either what we've learned or what someone has said. And God is saying, I know <coughs> the plans that I have for you. But you need to be briefed. You need to be trained. You need to be supported. Which is why I believe every born again follower of Jesus should attend the church. I do not believe there is a single Christian born who is supposed to walk the pathway alone. You need to be supported. The coffee morning, by the way, I haven't started my notes, but let's just forget that. The coffee morning is a morning where we sit around a table, I don't, because I work, because I know you people would take... No, you would take my wages off me if you thought I was... So, listen, but on a Tuesday morning I will come out and have a bit of fellowship. But I see people talking and laughing and carry on. You supporting each one. It's not always about evangelism. Sometimes there is a place where we need to go and just be supported, loved, valued and have fun. And I've always said from the day that I came to know God, there is only three, I think it's three or four things that were important to me. One is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I have to have faith. Two, though, I like fun. No, I'm sorry, I like fun. And I can't believe we can't have fun in the Lord. We've had fun this morning worshipping Jesus because fun isn't laughing. Fun is enjoying. And if you haven't enjoyed this this morning, I don't know why you're going to get something better than the worship time. I'm sorry, I thoroughly enjoyed it this morning. As legless as I am, uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed the worship this morning. What I'm saying is, I want faith, I want fun, and I want fellowship. I can't survive without fellowship. And that means meeting people outside of church as well as meeting people in church. I believe I need to be supported, I believe I need to be trained, I need to be equipped, I need to be resourced. 
And the final F is one probably that goes on the top list apart from faith, and that's food. In brackets, curry. But I love fellowship. I love, I'd love to think that as a follower of Jesus, I had faith. I'd love to think, though, that I enjoy Jesus. Can you imagine following somebody you don't enjoy? No, I'm serious. I've sat there and, you know, at the Stadium of Light. Why they call it the Stadium of Light, I've no idea. But I've gone away from there not enjoying anything that I've seen. But do you know something? I'm back the fortnight later. Why? <laughs> it's because I'm a what? I'm a follower. I'm a follower. I'm hoping the next time it's going to be better. And no, Jane, I'm not delusioned. But I'm hoping the next time it's better. Because in my journey of life, I've noticed there are many downturns as well as there are upturns. Following Jesus will give you some downtown. But keep going. Keep being a follower of Jesus because there are down times there. But I promise you, there is going to be good times ahead. And I promise you, when this life is over. Wow. As the Russian bloke said, wow. Everything will be instant. Everything will be good. Let me ask you a question. I am back on my notes now, but I have an eye on the clock. Paul had to spend three years in the desert to be briefed, trained, resourced, and supported. Why did God create, why didn't Mary, God create Adam on the first day? Why didn't he start off, Michael, with Betty? Oh, no, sorry, Betty, with, with, with Adam. Why didn't God start off on day one and said, in the beginning, God created man? And that was the first day. You see, if he did, it would have been dark. There'd have been nowhere to stand. He wouldn't have had anything to eat. Because there were no trees. There was no light. There was no place for him to stand. In other words, God wanted to make sure that Adam had everything ready in place for when he created him. Didn't he? He resourced Adam. Resourced him. Briefed him on what he should do. You can eat any of these fruits in the garden. But don't eat that one. He supported Adam. Every evening, the Bible tells me that God came down and walked along the streets of the Garden of Eden with Adam. The Bible tells you that. So he supported Adam. He resourced Adam. He trained Adam and told him, Exactly what he could do, he could do. And he briefed him. In other words, he says to Adam, Adam, I'm not creating you on the first day because you're not ready, nor ready yet. Let's get everything else in place. Then, Adam, we can put you in the garden. How wonderful is your God? How wonderful is God? 
He makes sure that everything. He gave him ground to stand on. He gave him air to breathe. He gave him an environment that was wonderful. The Garden of Eden must be a wonderful environment. He gave him delicious and notorious food to eat. He gave him water to drink. He gave him animals to look after. He gave him a purpose for living. He created a perfect environment for Adam to manage. Being breathed, trained, supported. And it's the same for you and me. The moment we come to know Jesus... Before we go out there and try to make disciples, we need to be a disciple ourselves. How much time do you take to be breathed, trained, supported by God? Because the time you spend in your Bible and the time you spend in prayer and the time you worship in here will help to build and shape. See, I believe worshiping together is the greatest desire and kick I get on a Sunday morning. Does that not take you for the rest of the week? I got a text last week from someone just saying he was on YouTube. But he texted me to say, thank you for sending me the service this morning. That is just uplifted me. That's what worship's to do, isn't it? Not only are you giving to Jesus, but you're being uplifted. God wants to work in us. Help us, support us, resource us. Trainers. The Bible reading, Bible reading, the Bible as I finished the first part of what a disciple is. I tell you, these people who sit on a Bible college, they sit there for two hours on a Monday morning. Don't you? No, I'm not being fun. I'm, I'm being serious here. We sit for about two hours sharing God's word. Not plowing through every word, but learning God's word. We want to be brief. We want to be trained. I want to know how to follow Jesus. And one of the reasons to follow Jesus is to know what Jesus says in his, his word. And I get as much pleasure out of the two hours that we have as you do. Sometimes not the way you answer back, but that's another difference. So I'm going to ask you one question as we leave. Are you a milkman or a meatman? Because Paul says that's what our following Jesus boils down to. He says this. I want to talk to you but I find I cannot talk to you because you are still immature. You are still desiring milk when you should be in the meat process. In other words, these people have been following Jesus for years and years and yet... Paul says you're still as immature as you were the day you came. Because you're not briefed, you're not trained, you're not supported, you're not resourced. Something is wrong. If your baby wants milk, a four to five year old, there's something wrong, isn't there? You want your baby to crawl, don't you? Then you want your baby to walk. You don't particularly want to talk, because once they start talking, man, that is another issue. But what I'm saying is, isn't it? And what happens the first time they walk? They want to explore. Every plug's got to be pulled out, doesn't it? You know, you've been there. Your life's never the same once they start to walk. Is it? But you want that development, don't you? And Jesus is saying, like a child needs to be resourced, trained, supported, loved and valued. So do you. I want you to hopefully get through this morning how much God loves you and get excited that listen, if you're not going around banging John 360 to everyone, yeah that's okay you may not be created 
to be that kind of evangelist. You may be able to be created like Patrick Lowry, who just was an ordinary painter and decorator who got a divine opportunity. I remember Andrew just saying to Ali one day about coming to this church. Now I hope you're going to say, praise God she came. But what I'm saying to you is, all Andrew did, didn't he? All Andrew did in the shop was give you a what? And we've reaped the benefit. I'm sorry, but we have in all honesty and sincerity. What I'm saying is, don't panic. Learn to follow Jesus. And you will find life will just come and naturally develop. He'll speak to you when you read your word to train you. You'll find that God talks to you, to brief you. Find a church, and I hope it's this one, that will support you and love you. I believe home groups are very important. I'm sorry, I believe home groups, and I'd like, well, it doesn't matter what be me, but I'd like to think home groups would start a big time. I love our home group on a Thursday night. We have a chance to sit in the circle in this church and we talk for about 35, 40 minutes sharing how our fortnight has been. Correct, Mandy? And then we can pray for each other and then we'll do a little Bible study. We're having fellowship. We're being resourced, we're being trained, we're being briefed, we're being supported. The Bible College, the Coffee Connection, and everything we do. And as Andy Stanley says, listen, if at the end of the day, nothing has happened except the knowledge of knowing that you have done what God has asked you to do, is that suffice for you? And the answer should be yes. If God's given you a divine appointment and you've used it, great. If today he hasn't, that's okay too. Learn. Just to sit and follow Jesus and become men and women of faith, coupled with fun and fellowship. Because in the end of the day, our job is not to make converts. We're there to make disciples. But I need to be a disciple first, myself. Am I willing to be trained, briefed, resourced and supported? at the master's feet ready to do whatever he says pray that God blesses you and I pray you don't get stressed out I pray the opposite I really do pray that your journey is so exciting to Jesus because you're just resting and leaning on him allowing Jesus to do whatever Jesus wants to do it's not a stressful business Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.